0: Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Hey, we're doing a series we're calling The Long Game. The Long Game, and we're talking all about how life is designed to be lived in the long game. That in our relationships, in God's plan and purpose for your life, um, our faith that that it's designed to be done for the long game, that every person has a race for them to run set out by God and to live life and on purpose and to fulfill his plan but for the long game. In Hebrews 12, it says this. Hebrews 12, one it says, and this is where we're really, the foundation of our whole series that we're wrapping up today is this. is Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses, Surrounding us, let us rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking, unto Je- looking only at Jesus, the organizer and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Run the race with endurance. You don't know. You don't need endurance for the short term. You need endurance for a long game. And I believe God has got a long game, that we are called to live life for the long game, not just short, not just for a moment, but I believe as you do, that you'll have joy, that you'll have deep, rich relationships, that there'll be fulfillment as you walk in God's plan. So today we're wrapping up this collection of talks uh, with this message I'm calling Rest, Nourishment, and Peace. Rest, Nourishment, and Peace. There's a quote and it says this. It says, Every system is perfectly designed to get the results it gets. Every system is designed perfectly, to get the results it gets. Now, this little quote or proverb is often used in the world of business, that the results you're getting is because of the system you have in place. Good results are because of good systems. Bad results or negative results are because of bad systems. Blockbuster's system of doing business, the way they ran was perfectly designed to go extinct when the digital era came, right? The way they had their systems, system of business is, is perfectly designed for the results it got. And this quote, I think, every system is perfectly designed to get the results it gets. I think, I believe this statement can be applied to our lives as well. Because in a way, we, we have a system or a way we do life. Right, the way you organize your schedule, the, the your habits, your routines, the rhythms to life—you could say—is—is is your system. You could say your system of life really is your lifestyle. Right, your lifestyle is really the system for your life. And and I think you could say lifestyle—I mean the rhythms, the routines, the habits, how you organize your life—could be considered your life's system. And life, if I said life, I think that's your experience of the human condition, right? So I think it could be said life is a byproduct of lifestyle. That, that, now, of course, things in life do just happen, like life does happen. How many have had life just happen to you? Yeah, me too. I see that hand. Okay. But as a whole, I think it can be said that every lifestyle, that your schedule, your habits, your rhythm, your routines is perfectly designed to get the results it gets, whether positive or negative. I have this question Is your lifestyle, your rhythms, your routines, your habits, your choices, the way you organize your schedule, intentionally designed to do life for the long game, for the long term. Now, if I was to ask myself this question four years ago, I would have to, if honestly, answer no, um, if you could even ask me that question. That uh, four years ago, I probably wouldn't have had time to answer that question, or if you asked me that question, my mind would have been somewhere else, and I would have just said, uh-huh, because I wasn't there. Four years ago, I had stepped into, as lead pastor of, of the church, uh, walking through the transition, which whether there's cha- transition, there's always challenges. I just had a newborn baby, um, and as it's an amazing part of life, right? I love being a but there is a adjustment. There is less sleep. There's time, responsibility. At the same time, I was running um, and working, running my business and working in my business that I started three years prior. Uh, It was a high-rise window cleaning business, so I repelled off of skyscrapers and cleaned the windows. And uh, So I was working on it and in it. In three years, we grew 615%. Um, So we had employees, we had subcontractors, um, high I value clients who were demanding as well. Um, and then on top of that, I also had a wife apparently, and I had somewhere in there friends as well. And so my daily rhythm sort of looked like this. I headed into the city at 6 a.m., uh, I skipped breakfast because I had no time. I worked on, in my business, um, hustling uh, for about 12 hours of rappelling down, very physical. Uh, there was no time for breaks at all. Like I didn't eat lunch. Not got on me about that. I didn't eat lunch either uh, because I'm just going because there were there like there was more work to do because we were exploding. I was like, okay, I just got to go. I just got to go. I just got to go. And, so, and then also managing our employees at the time. And then maybe by the time we're done, drive in. Sp- spend some time with my son, but then after, well, after I spend some time with the son, I'd meet people from the church because we're going through this transition and some people have questions about it or they're like, um, and so I answer those questions. Then I come home at night. It's about ten thirty or so I'm doing emails. Then I'm also trying to get client acquisitions. I'm also, um, then about 11 or 12, I'm like, okay, I think I just need some time to disconnect, to disengage. So I watch Netflix until early, early in the morning. And then, um, I start again. I go to bed again, wake up. Saturdays were for me, were message prep. And so seven days a week, I really, I worked. Um, I had no real rest, no nourishment, no peace. And I didn't really have time for friends. Uh, I didn't eat really properly. Rest was non-existent. And life was passing. And I was just hurrying to the next thing. Like, okay, I got to hurry, 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 and get it done. And There were some amazing, great things happening in my life at that time. I had that baby I was believing for. I stepped into what I believe God had called me to do, which was pastoring. This business that we started was exploding. God was blessing it. It was only the increase of God that what, what was happening. But yet, because of the way I was doing life, the way my routines, my schedule, my habits, it wasn't setting me up for the long game. Because we're created to do work in the garden. God said, hey, we're going to do some work. But my lifestyle, the way I was ordering it was unhealthy. I felt like I was, I was always running and I felt like I had like 10,000 pounds always on my chest. I felt mentally like exhausted and I felt burnt out. I think I was on a track for a short term game in every area of life. And I just was like getting started. And I, I, statistically, it was against me. Statistically, everything was slanted for me to have a short game. 50% of pastors leave in five years. Um, uh, one in 10 pastors, uh, uh they, they, leave, they don't retire as pastors because they make a switch. 50% of marriages end in divorce. 90% of startups end bef- uh, before they start, really. Um, 52% of Canadians have burnout. 59% of millennials, and I'm in that little category. Oh man, my percentage went up. Um, ex- uh, say they experience burnout. So my lifestyle, my rhythms, my choices, my schedule, my habits, were were really helping to tip the scale in the direction of those statistics of, of having a short-term game. Now, I loved God. I still do. That's good. Just how you're a pastor, you should. Yeah, I love my family. I love this church. I enjoyed doing business. I had all those things that I dreamed about, yet... Because of how I was doing life, my systems in life, uh, I couldn't truly enjoy the blessing that God had given me. I couldn't enjoy life. I was extremely unhealthy, uh, uh, you know, from not eating to uh, uh, mentally. And, you know, I had to personally make drastic, massive changes to the rhythms, routine schedules so I could be in the game for the long term with my health, I think what I'm called to do, my work, my family. Now, why do I say all this? Why do I say all this? Is maybe you can identify with that. Maybe you can identify with where I was four years ago of maybe the aspects of your rhythm of life, your routines, your choices. It's like you're just going from one to the next to the next and life is like just hurrying to get the next task done. Maybe... It's, you identify with being mentally or emotionally exhausted or overloaded or drained. Or maybe you're thinking, Josiah, if you only knew my story, you'd be like not sharing at all. But I'm saying this today because I want to tell you that I believe there is hope for you. There's hope for us. That life doesn't have to be just endured or suffered through. That I believe Jesus when he said, I've come to give you life and life to the full, abundant life. That there is hope in Jesus, that Jesus has come to give you life and life to the full. And that there are rhythms, there are ways of doing life so that you won't be burnt out, you won't be tired emotionally, you won't be, oh my goodness, I'm here in it for the short term. But I believe there's switches so that we can be in it for the long race. Because there's a race that you have to run. There's a calling on your life. God has got good plans for you, a hope, a future. And it it, it needs you to be able to run with endurance, to have life for the long game to have life for the long game. So we're going to look at very practical rhythms and systems found in scripture that I think we can put into our life so that we can run the race with endurance for the rhythms of our daily life. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says this. It says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You know, if you're, if you today feel tired, if you today feel, man, I feel burnt out. Jesus is inviting you to come to him. He's inviting you to come to him, not to do things that distract you from what's going on, but actually to take real rest, to rejuvenate your soul, that you'd be able to learn from him because I believe he has a way for you to do life, a rhythm of grace so that you can enjoy life, that you can truly live life. No matter where you find yourself, I think Jesus is saying, come to me and I'm gonna show you how to truly live life. Life. I love in another translation, it says for Matthew 28, it says that come to Jesus and you'll find rest for your soul, that there's a rest for your soul. In First Thessalonians uh, 5.32, it tells us that we are three-part beings, that you are a spirit, you have a soul, which is your mind, your will, emotions, and you live in a body, your earth suit. And I believe Jesus has a way for you to be completely spirit, soul, body healthy, so that you can run the race for the long game that Jesus has for you. You guys good today? You're with me? You know, um, in junior high, uh, believe it or not, I was a cross- Country runner, and I was the fastest in my school, yeah, now, mind you, I went to a fine arts uh, school, so we were we were uh, differently abled um, and but I was the fastest at our school and and we went to a cross country citywide cross country run, a race I would say apparently i 'm very artist of run, no a race and uh, and so i 'm right in there i 'm ready to go, and the gun goes off, and we 're running and everybody at the beginning start, like the guys at the front start sprinting. And so I start sprinting too because like I want to keep up with these guys. I want to win. And then all of a sudden I feel my, my lungs start to like almost explode, like leg cramping. And I'm like barely, like really, I'm pretty close to crawling forward after just a little bit, after like five minutes of running. And why is because I was starting to run at the rhythm that everybody else was. That wasn't my rhythm. That wasn't the way I was supposed to run. That's not how I trained. I was not designed to do that. And and, and I finally got across, but I was I really helped bring up the rear, and uh, but know what? Also, the people who started out sprinting for a long distance run, know what? Eventually, they started to slow down as well. And I met my my fast running friends at the end of the race as well because they didn't finish first. They they ran, but they didn't go for endurance. It was the people who had the pace, the consistent pace, that finished. I think if we just if we just let life go without being conscious about how our rhythms, our, our habits will be. We can just run like the world around us and just do life like everybody else around us. But if you look at the statistics even that I read earlier, the way that everybody else or the world or society culture, it is not designed for the long game. It's designed for the short game. It's designed for, I'm going to sprint, I'm going to run, but then it's for the short game. But I think instead we can be intentional to finish strong in running the ways that Jesus has as we set our rhythms or habits or routines so that we can not just be a part of the statistics, but we can actually beat those statistics and say, no, I'm just doing life with Jesus. I'm going to be intentionally designing my life for the long game. As we follow him. So I want to th- highlight three rhythms that I believe God has for us in our long game run. Three rhythms, and that is rest nourishment, and quiet, or silence. Now, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. In John 10, 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Another verse says, hey, I am the shepherd. You are the sheep. Bah! Right? We are the sheep. He is the good shepherd. And in Psalms 23, we actually see It's a description of the Good Shepherd. Psalms 23 is the Good Shepherd Jesus. And in this scripture, we can actually see how Jesus is leading us for the rhythms of of how we can do life. In Psalms 23, one it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He being Jesus, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He lets me rest. You know, there is a rest in Jesus for every Christ follower. There is a rest. Hebrews 4, 9 says, let's be diligent to enter into the rest. Be diligent to enter into the rest. Why? Because it's actually hard to rest to actually slow down, to enter into the rest, stopping from our own works and effort and able to rest and live life out of his finished works, Jesus' finished works. So spiritually, there's a rest for you and I, that no longer we have to like work for salvation. No, we receive salvation from Jesus and now we get to live life out of our relationship with Jesus. So everything that we're doing is not to get salvation, it's from our relationship with God. Right? But then there's also a physical rest. There's a physical rest. If you just do a spiritual rest, but not a physical, well, you are three parts. Your spirit, you have a soul uh, and you live well in an earth, your body. There's a physical rest. In the story of creation, we see God uh, created in six days. On the seventh day, what did he do? He, he rested. He stopped from work. God rested and delighted. He enjoyed what he created. Now, God is all-powerful, all-knowing. He's beginning and he doesn't need to rest. So why would God rest? I think he's showing us how we can have rhythms in our life. That we can have rhythms of rest in our life. You know, in, in the Ten Commandments, now we, uh, the Ten Commandments, right beside don't kill, don't commit adultery, is keep the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is a day of rest and worship. Jesus said this in, in Mark two twenty seven. He said, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. So Jesus here is saying, hey, listen, rest isn't made, or a Sabbath, a day of worshiping God, isn't made for me. It's actually made for you. It's made for mankind that we need rest. I, I was talking with my wife this week about this message and, and just the, the whole concept of it, and she told me something very interesting. Now, for those of you who don't know, Natalie, she uh, worked for nine years. She was the head coach of a volleyball, university of, uh, volleyball team. She uh, worked for like 19 years in uh, athletics, very high performing. And she said this to me. She said, you know, there's no such thing as overtraining just under-recovering. There's no such thing as overtraining, just under recovering. So as long as you rest, recover, and you have proper nutrition, that you can actually push your body through great strain pressure training where there is proper rest. I think that's very true uh, in, in every aspect of our life. Physically, uh, apparently, because my wife knows a lot more than me about that. Do I? No, I don't. Um, but as uh, mentally, emotionally, as well as spiritually, that, that, there are, that there is weight, there's things, there's work that God has for us to do. Uh, but we need to also, in order to be able to do it, we need rest. We need to have rest in our lives. So what could this practically look like? Weekly having a day where we don't work, where we worship and enjoy what God has created, our friends, our family, what God has given us, and worship God. As hard as it is, like, I don't know about you, have you ever found it's hard to rest? Like I've like, because I'm preaching this for about a month now, I've been consciously trying to like rest and I like, I'm like, okay, I got this thing to do. I got this thing to do. And like, I find myself like, okay, I'm going, Natalie, I'm going to rest. And I find myself working on the nursery baby room. That's like coming up. I'm like, there's three months left. And I'm like up there, like sanding, painting. And I'm like, Oh, I just need to rest as hard as it is to rest. You need to rest. As hard as it is to get to rest or all the things that you need to get done, cuz how many of you guys have a checklist of like okay, I need this this this, you need rest. And it will take shifts and changes in life to make that happen. But when you rest, you're more creative. You allow your mind space to process, allows you uh your body actually to recover. So you can can work, you can go, you can do what God has called you to do those other six days. I've heard this said, and I think it's true, is that um, if you don't take a Sabbath, the Sabbath will take you. In the sense that if you don't take a rest, you know, your body is going to take a rest for you. Also known as burnout, right? That it will take you out. So daily, another very, this is very practical, but go to sleep. Go to bed. Uh, Psalms 127.2 says this, God, that God gives his beloved sweet sleep. So God didn't say, hey, I'm God, and I'm going to empower you never to have to sleep. He actually says, I'm going to give my beloved sweet sleep. In other words, you need sleep, apparently. maybe very practical, but I think that's part of rest, of, of going down. Okay, we're going to move on. Psalms 23.2, it says, he lets me rest in green meadows, He leads me beside peaceful streams. Um, Green meadows, what is that for sheep? That's food. That's food. That's some really good food is green meadows. Green meadows are nourishment, right? If you're a sheep, he leads you to a place of nourishment. Jesus will lead you to a place of nourishment for your spirit, your soul, your body. And we need to make room for the things that feed us. And nourish us uh, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and even f- uh, physically. Spiritual nourishment, you know, getting into God's word daily um, to feed your spirit. You know, what we're doing today as we gather together, as we worship him, that's feeding your spirit. Uh, Small groups or thrive groups, uh, that is feeding yourself spiritually, getting into his word. Mentally and emotionally nourishment. I think one very practical is do activities that rejuvenate you. You know, um, something that causes your soul to be refreshed. You know, Jesus has given us life to enjoy. Like to actually enjoy it. Four years ago, I couldn't tell you. If you asked, what do you do for fun? I couldn't tell you. Because, well, I I worked. That's what I did for fun. I worked because there was no time to do anything. Um, but I think we need to find stuff that, that we enjoy. So today, now, I, I enjoy fishing and gardening, and those are two summer things, so I don't know what I do in the winter. Shoveling? I don't know. <laughs> Call me up. I'll enjoy shoveling your walk. But, okay. I, yeah, okay. But, you know, after I find, after I do those things that I find nourish me... That my mind is clearer. That I'm able to think thoughts through, problems through. I can hear more clearly. That I can hear what God is saying not just escaping something that that causes me to escape, but actually nourishes my soul. I think the second thing in nourishing for for us is social connections. We're designed to be doing life together. You know, share a meal, uh, go hang out with someone. If you look at Jesus's life while while he was on the earth, man, he was at dinner parties, he was at weddings, like he celebrated life. He enjoyed life. I think we're designed to do life together. Even, this, even if you're introverted, we're designed to do life together. Um, so do stuff that feeds or nourishes nourishes. I, I've talked about it because we talked about relationships before, but I think it's so important. Like, Hey, uh, for your nourishing relationships, like date night, invest in your relationships physically, maybe it's very practical, but eat good food. The Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy spirit. And, uh, you know, do what is good for you. I like, um, I, in Bible college, I would I would totally use this, is First uh, Timothy 4.8 talked about that, you know, that uh, it actually profits you not that much to, like, work out or to, like, train and stuff because it's only temporal. And I've used as an excuse to, like, hey, listen, I'm not working out because, well, it's only temporal, okay? I'm spiritual. But actually, it says it does profit. It's just of some value. You know, you need, if you're in it for the long game, you need your earth suit to also be in it for the long game. God has got a good call on your life, but if you want to finish strong, well, you need to actually take care of your body and, and take care of yourself. Okay, Psalms 23, uh, it also goes on, it says, he leads me um, to rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Jesus leads us besides peaceful streams. He has a place of peace or quiet for you. Have you ever, I don't know, have you ever been hiking or sitting beside, like, or sitting out in nature, and then all of a sudden you hear, like, boom, 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 like someone brings their music up the mountain, and it totally fills the whole, like, summit? I'm totally that person if I'm hiking just by myself to keep the bears away, but, um, But what does it do? It disturbs the the peacefulness, right? I think we can bring noise from life in when God is trying to lead us to a peaceful stream, to a place of peace and silence that he has for us. You know, uh, what could that look like? When you first wake up, I don't know about you, but uh, something I used to do is the first thing that I always did when I wake up is I would check my phone, right? The very first thing. I would get up and I would check my phone. Uh, I'd be checking social, I'd be checking news, I'd be YouTube, and it would be so much noise right away, uh, I don't know if you do that, but that's what I did, apparently confession time. Um, or maybe in the evenings, have you ever done this where you go to relax, but so you turn on the TV, but then you also have your computer or maybe your iPad, and then you also have your phone. So it's like playing a game of how many screens can you get between you and the TV, right? Of like, there's so much stuff going on. There's so much noise that it's hard to have peace. It's hard to have silence, but I think peace or silence allows your mind to process, allows you to hear from God. And so some practical rhythms I think would be this is monitor how much news you intake. You know, like I think it's super important to stay informed. Yes, but not to be like on it 24 seven. There's studies showing the more news you watch, the more anxiety you feel right? You know, we don't, uh, there's a, there's an, if you're addicted to news, there are side effects to it. And studies of that's actually, well, anxiety, maybe limit how much time you're on your phone or social to create that space. So you can be present with those around you. You can be present for what God has for you. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, because I obviously I'm, preaching this today, I was like, okay, I'm going to do some of this. So I, two, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, yeah, I decided, okay, I'm just take a break from social. I, I can't tell you how much my soul just feels lighter of like not being on social. I'm probably going to go back, but it is what it is. <laughs> but there's also daily benefits of, of having daily quiet time with God starting the mornings off and having time in prayer, but also not just giving him a list, but sitting and listening to what he has to say for you. Because prayer is not a monologue of just me giving my list. It's also just sitting and listening to what he has to say to you. You know, as a, a great practice is, I think is, don't touch your phone until after you're done, you're like morning devos. So you can like be clear and just spend time with the Lord and start your day off right. You know we see Jesus; he often withdrew to be with the Father. Uh, uh, on the when he was about to go into the most difficult time he ever was, when he went was going to the cross. Uh, we see Jesus; he withdrew. He withdrew to be with the Father. You know, um, there's a a difference from withdrawing from and withdrawing to withdrawing from is like isolating yourself. And I don't think that's, that's what God has for you. But I think there is a withdrawing to him, allowing yourself to have that quiet time. You know, the other thing that streams do, if you think about it, those peaceful streams, is that streams actually set margin up in the land. There's a dividing between one side of the shore and the other side of the shore, right? Stream right here. I think it's also to have peaceful streams in your life is important of having margin in your life. Life is better lived with margin, financial margin through budgeting. You know, uh, I know, super exciting here. Eh, Amen. Budgeting. Come on. Um, you know, scheduling, not not living your life constantly hurrying from one place to the next to the next. I think margin is good for your life. And then Psalms 23.3 says, he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Another translation says, he renews your soul. I believe as you allow God to lead you, as you follow him, Jesus will lead you to a place of rest, of nourishment, of peace. So that you, because there is work that we all need to do. I'm not saying don't do work. Actually, that's anti-biblical. But I'm saying... Is in the midst of it, we need to have these rhythms in our daily life to rest, to be able to um, have nourishment, to be able to have peace in my lifestyle, in the way, the system of how I do life. You know, four years ago, I, if I asked that question, I'd say, nope. And today, I, I would say, I'd say yes-ish. I'm, make, I'm making steps to that. I think we can continually make steps to allow as we follow him more to, for him to lead us, lead us in the way we have, in the way he has for us. You know, God has a long game race for you, a race to run with endurance. And maybe your current rhythms, some of your current routines, your choices, maybe your schedule is in need of shifting rearranging, reprioritizing so that you can be in it for the long game. So that you're not at a place where it's like, I'm burning, I'm burning out here. Because I I believe Jesus has life and life to the full so you can enjoy life. So my hope this week is, and maybe even starting today as we're speaking, is that you'd reflect on what are some of my rhythms, some of my habits, some of my schedule that maybe I can shift so that I can allow room for rest, nourishment, and some peace in my life so that I can run the race with endurance. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week.